Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Now, find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all sports information from live in-game betting prompts and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use uh, your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Now use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50%. Welcome your bonus on your first deposit. Now BetOnline is where the game starts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Believe in Bills podcast. I'm Justice General Radford. As of course, always we got the legend in two games, like PB Coach Mookie Hawkins, and we got a special guest today. Mookie, Mookie, like to call him Mel Kiper Jr. Right? I'm at it. Well, I guess Mel Kiper the third because I think Mel Kiper is Jr. But um, <laughs> I, my man, my main man, Jarek. What's going on, boys? How y'all doing? What's going on, Jake, man? What's what's up, man? Good to have you on the show, bro. You muted, bro. There we go. Um, yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing all right, man. Just uh, look. I'm very excited. To talk about this draft. Um, Bills fans got a lot to be excited for, man. So I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to get down down to it. Absolutely, absolutely. And save the best for last. The main man himself, <laughs> Mookie. What's going on, man? How you feeling, man? I'm good. I'm good. I've been camping out all weekend, so, you know, got some things to discuss. You know, emergency meeting, you know what I mean? Like, when things happen, things like this occur, it's time to have an emergency meeting about it, you know? And the Bills just, you know, recently wrapped up the drag class right now. They're still out recruiting uh, UDFAs, but, you know, the draft is, is over, so it's time to have our emergency meeting about it, you know what I mean? So, you know, this is some good segment pieces that we're going to be bringing, you know, all of Bill's Mafia fans from, you know I mean, this point on, you know what I mean, leading up to that final game of the year, you know what I mean? So when we call an emergency meeting, we want all of Bill's Mafia to tune in and voice their opinion on, you know, em, you know, emergency, you know, top of the line, you know what I mean, opinions and, 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 and things of that nature where we need everybody's input about, you know what I mean, you know, yeah. some topics we need to yeah. discuss about, you know, the NFL draft and damn it, you know, like Jerick said, let's get to it. Absolutely, absolutely. And when I say best for last, I mean, you in the war room, you, you with these boys, you saying you seeing everything that's coming in. So as far as the draft goes, when you were there, you know, what was the feel amongst you guys in the media as these picks were coming through? Like each player came through, like, well, what was your thought process behind it? Or what was the energy in the room like? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it's always a good time when, you know, we, you know, we get in the war room as far as media concerning the draft. It's a good bonding period for all of us media people. And, you know, just to get insight on what direction the bills are going to lean towards and, 
and just see how it works. You know, you got guys still on the board leading up to that pick. So, you know, everybody has their opinions. It's like everybody has their opinion. You know, us being Bill's media is just, you know, to see how, you know, it all comes to fruition. Because, you know, everybody's a, you know, Bill's, you know, critic or analyst to some degree anyway on what the Bills need to do to improve the team. And, you know, I think the Bills did, you know, a, a super job of doing it, you know, in the fashion how they did it, you know. So being in, you know, your room and getting insight, getting getting tipped early on certain things sometimes, you know, it, it makes it it makes it definitely worth it. So, you know, you know, who I sat with, I sat, you know, I was there for three days. So you sit with different people, you know, depending on when you do get there, you know what I mean? So, you know, I get a, I get a, I get a good feel for the guys and, you know. Had a good time. I had to sit next to my man, the two Doms, Don Benini and Don Carucci from Channel 2, day one. And then uh, day two, uh, me and my boy Alex Bresky and Jonah Bronstein, we chopped it up together. And uh, John Scott, you know what I mean, on day three, you know what I mean? So it's good. You know, we, we, we move around and we blend with each other, you know, shoot the shit and, you know. It, it, it gives us good insight on sometimes certain questions to ask, just having regular general conversations with each other you know so you know it, it just that's how it does we kind of bounce off and then you get a kind of feel of what they want to ask when you know it's uh you know a certain player coming up you don't want to take that question from them so i always come up with some creative ways to make sure everybody you know can discuss the topics that they want to discuss i don't like to steal at all but in the midst of the scrum scrum did he scrum <laughs> gotta get in where you fit in yeah absolutely um, all right, so let's go ahead and get into the draft here. Uh, I mean, we might as well start off with the first round. Um, the first round was very wacky, just an absolute wow. It was it was a mud pile. Everything and, and not like it's, everything was so unpredictable. It was like Bryce Young is the quarterback here, and then the rest was pure chaos, right? <laughs> um, so there in the middle of the, the 20s, we picked 27, and we traded up two picks with the Dallas – I'm sorry, <laughs> ahead of the Dallas Cowboys to go ahead and select Dalton Kincaid, tight end out of Utah. Now, some of the things about Dalton Kincaid that people were touting was his – first of all, a lot of people had him as a top 10 prospect. Um, you know, a lot of people had him – super early first round if not mid first round like you you're lucky if you get him at 15. uh brandon bean was able to get this guy at 25 extremely excellent value uh his physical skills are just off the charts he has very good hands he is humongous and he moves very very well for a guy his size doesn't look like you know maybe the most athletic guy in the world but he's very deceptive because he's very bendy um and he, he actually, he got like big wiggle, you know, he, he got wiggle for a big man, you know what I'm saying? Uh, great, great hands. Like I mentioned, 70 catches, two drops, um, never has had a career fumble. I learned that, uh, uh, watching him do his first 24 hours here in Buffalo, mm -hmm. you know, he, he, he dropped like the, the, the soda or something like that. And they were like, oh, man, you got to work on your ball skills. He's like zero career fumbles. <laughs> like, so <laughs> watch your mouth, <laughs> you know? Um, so great pick. Um, a lot of Cowboys fans were very, very upset. And I think that speaks to how good of a pick maybe it was there. Uh, now, Mook, when you saw this coming in, when you saw the pick Dalton Kincaid come in, 
what was your thought process going and what do you think of him now well again is uh, again i was on the right track but you know i want to say the wrong train but i did have the bills taking the tight end i had him taking down there washington but i guess he you know had a red flag during his medicals for a knee and you know i guess at some point we may discuss that but um I wasn't mad at the pick at all. I mean, when you, it explains a lot when Bean came out to explain the pick, you know, after day one was over, it made sense. So they need like, you know, F Dawson is still going to play the Y. Um, so that means that basically we got a big slot. You know, we, we, we pretty much got a big slot, a tight end that can flex out, make plays. Uh, you can go trips to the right and have, uh, you know, him single, singled up on the boundary. And, you know, he'll go one-to-one with either a safety or a linebacker, depending on the, the scheme of things in the matchup. So, um, you know, it's going to be pretty interesting to see because drafting him at one is definitely some plays and things like that, that, you know, you're you, he's going to be out there, you know. So he's a, definitely a, a fixture within the offense. So I'm not sure if this is what the Bills had in mind on getting Diggs freed up. So it's very intriguing just to see how the combinations of the packages, who's going to be out there, you know, to create mismatches. How will you use Diggs and Kincaid, you know, even with Dalton sometimes out there. So the creativity, I would like to see, you know, what's going to happen, you know what I mean, within this receiving core now that you got another receiver and tight end as a playmaker in your system. That is going to be very interesting to see. I got a question for you, Jarek, but before I do, uh, I've, I've been kind of stewing something over in my head. And sometimes we'll see Josh Allen in the in the pistol formation and we'll see Dawson Knox lined up at that pseudo linebacker, or I'm sorry, pseudo fullback mm-hmm. position, right? Do you think we'll see a lot more of that this year? Maybe, I mean, Reggie Gilliam was a converted tight end to fullback. Do you, do you think maybe we see more Dawson Knox maybe blocking there? while we have like Dalton Kincaid as the the, the t- tight end one on the field as far as position goes um, and have him more as like a, a route runner uh, versus having him as a traditional tight end too? For me, I mean, I, for me, yes. I, I want, honestly, I want Kincaid to have at least 70 targets uh, this year, especially because you took him so high in the first round. So I would hope that we can run some and especially because, again, we'll talk about the next draft pick in a minute, but, it, you know, it, for what we've seen in the preseason, it didn't really, you know, when they ran a lot of 12, 13 personnel, when they ran a lot of uh, pistol formations and just a, a different, a lot of different exotic sets, we didn't really see too much of that during the 2022 season. And a lot of our complaints was there was there was just a lack of creativity within the offense compared to what we saw, compared to that preview that we saw during the preseason uh, last season. So. Um, hopefully we can see some of that um, by getting some by getting a lot of the players that we got during the offseason. Um, hopefully that can make us transition into that. And by getting a player like Dalton Kincaid, you know, again, you're you're taking a major step because tight end usage, we ranked 31st in the league in both years, even when Dawson Knox had the uh, the nine or 10 touchdown season. So, yeah, you're going to have to use both these guys. Um, obviously, Dawson Knox is a more is a better run blocker. But they're very similar players as far as just their body type and just the athleticism that you can use, especially when it came to 12 personal set. Also, Delta Kincaid actually ran a lot of that. That's why I don't know why people are saying that, you know, he's going to be, you know, it's not going to be the smoothest transition if we do run 12 personal with Kincaid because he actually ran, he actually ran a lot of 12 and 13, some even 23 with um, Brent Keith, 
who was who he, who he was sharing a lot of snaps with. That was the other tight end that a lot of people was that ranked high up going into the 2022 season. So, um, yeah, Dalton Kincaid is a versatile guy, and whatever you want to try to do with him, I think he's a guy that can run it. Obviously, you don't want him run blocking, but splitting him wide, getting him in the you know getting him in the slot, and you know again just his overall versatility is is what you know is what is going to make the a lot of that creativity of our offense happen for the season if we if we do lean towards that very well said i absolutely agree 100 percent. this kid is very dynamic uh he can do a lot of different things and you can use them in a lot of different ways and it'll be interesting to see just how creative your dorsey and your brady and your shula can get because those three minds should be pretty creative by now um, so we'll see what happens on that front. Uh, we love when you guys uh, um, <clears throat> give your comments and everything. And my man Spin gave us kind of a his grading for every round. So I'll, I'll reference that throughout this show. For round one, he gave the Buffalo Bills draft and Dalton Kincaid an A. Jarek, what do you give the Buffalo Bills for round one? I'm going to give them – See, I was I was harsh when when it first came out. Yeah, again, you can catch my reaction, you know, on, on Tommy's. But um, I gave it originally like a C plus, C plus, and then over time, as I start to grow in the film and I start to really understand what Buffalo was trying to do, I gave it a B plus. Um, and the only reason why I'm probably not I'm, would stop me from giving A because I've always loved the player, right? If the Dallas Cowboys would have took Dalton Kincaid, I probably would have given them an A plus. Is exactly how is he going to fit in? Exactly how is he going to fit in the offense? Because and, and again, it's more it's just more concerned with what Dorsey does with him more than I am concerned with Kincaid as a player. Um, because you know, we look at the track history, especially with our rookies over the last few years, it's a system that generally doesn't want to, you know, rush our rookies in and, and let them play a number of snaps. They want them to kind of, you know, ease into it, learn from it, kind of take a little bit of number of snaps. And one of my biggest fears is that he's gonna get 25, 35, L, even 40 targets. I I just I don't think that. For a tight end of of his skill set with his caliber, um, especially that you you took a big investment of trading away that fourth round pick, which normally you know for a lot of teams that's nothing, but for Brandon Bean's track record and what the Bills do, that's what we that's our money is day three. Um, so they have a lot of confidence in this guy that he can come in here and, and make an immediate impact and be a huge contributor. And uh, I'm hoping and praying that Dorsey does utilize him to his fullest potential because if we want to be like kansas city if we want to be like uh you know what you know uh what the, what the Chargers have with antonio gates and you know all you know all these great teams with, with these tight ends uh then we, we gotta learn how to utilize our weapons to our to the best of their abilities and hopefully we can see a lot more of that that offense that we were hyped up for during the preseason uh come full you know into 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 you know we can we can see that we can actually you know that 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 dream could actually be you know start to become a reality during this uh during the small season yeah absolutely uh i have to agree um <clears throat> every quarterback you see who is somebody special usually had a tight end who was also seen as special just simply because they were a great tandem like you got your Dallas Clarks, you know, you got your Rob Gronkowski, obviously. You got your mm -hmm. uh Jeremy Shockey slash like Ben Watson slash Jimmy Graham for Drew Brees, right? Um, you know, any quarterback you think of typically, except really Aaron Rodgers, the only one. I mean, yeah, I think he had Jimmy Graham for a little bit, but uh, he's yeah, Jermichael Finley for like a little bit. Right. You, you know, he, he probably has Michael like Finley with it. 
<laughs> but yeah, so it was, it was not solid. It, it was solid. Your great quarterbacks usually, like ninety percent of the time, has a dynamic tight end to go along with them. But uh, all right, we got a C then C plus then and a B plus now from Jarek. Coach, what was your grade when you first saw the pick? And after you've had some time to stew over it, what's your grade now? I mean, I gave it a B plus. I, that's what the grade I gave it first, and that's the grade I'm kind of sticking with because I mean, again, I had to love Jones for Darnell Washington, but understanding their scheme and understand what's needed in their scheme as a number tight number two tight end they're not you know their number two tight end is in the blocker their, their number two tight end is a playmaker so um they're trying to mimic you know what they had in carolina with with, with olsen and shockey and you know i think they do have that with um dawson and and kincaid there now so um they just have to you know put it together for the first time you know, again, how creative and dynamic would this exotic 12 personnel look like? You know, now that you know that you got Dawson Knox on the contract and you just took another tight end with the number one pick, you want your first pick. You know, so you got to have, you know, plans for both of them, you know, to go along with Stefan Diggs, to go along with Gabe Davis who's on this contract year. It's pretty interesting to see how Ken Dorsey is going to coordinate this and make this, you know, the most explosive offense in the NFL. So I give it a B plus. I understand what they're doing now from a number two tight end perspective. So you got basically, you got basically Kincaid is a shocky now, you know, and I can give him that comp fairly because when you really look at it, he's a physical tight end as well. You know, he's none you know, on film that looks soft about Darton Kincaid. And again, I had to ask him that. And that was the style of play that Utah plays. So, you know, we get in a, a physical guy, you know what I mean? So at the end, I like that trait too, you know, a, a physical receiving tight end. So, you know, it kind of gives you that, that shocky uh, kind of, you know, he could easily have uh, some, some Kelsey vibes as well. You know, it depends on, you know, how he used within the Bills scheme. Yeah, I think – once I went and looked at the tape, I totally started to, uh, like, understand the, the Kelsey comparisons because at first it was like, uh, I'm so tired of people doing this, you know, where they take a guy who looks like he has promise and you, you know, compare him to, like, the greatest tight end who maybe has ever played this game, right? But um, then, you know, you go and look at the games, and one particular game that I had the pleasure of looking at was when he played against USC. Now, I'm sure both of you gentlemen probably know what I'm referring to when I speak of Dalton uh, Kincaid versus USC. He had 16 catches, 234 yards, and a couple touches. So he went absolutely bonkers, bananas. Um, yeah. So when and, I – And that was – I'm sorry. It, that was the game, and for a lot of people who don't know, that's the game he was he was actually filling in from Brent, um, Brent Kincaid, who was oh. supposed to be their – Number one starting tight end. Okay. Dalton, That's actually, where he got Dalton his actually was the number two option. And the year prior, when he had 500 yards, which he had a good season, he was always the number two until that Brent King Keith injury went down. So he can handle playing that number two role if we if we if we want to give it to him. Man, this is why you you gotta hope to God you don't get injured. You have Tom Brady and Dalton Kincaid to worry about. <laughs> but I, I have to say, upon you know, watching the pick come through, I gave it a C minus simply because 
I'm like a tight end. We have a tight end. We have a tight end that you guys sacrificed our star linebacker for. So like, what is happening right now? And that was, you know, a little upset. Uh, <laughs> so I, I overreacted a little bit, but upon further review, I, I gave it an A plus actually, because I am like, I'm big on value, right? And when you get a guy who is supposed to be a top 10 pick, top five in terms of talent on, on in this class, you get a guy who really is less tight in, more wide receiver, to be honest. Um, and, and everything that he brings to the table, I uh, just feel like with that energy that he, he would bring as far as uh, he's an even kill guy. And I've been watching him all day. And I like even kill guys and I'm an even kill guy. And I know I like even kill guys because when they're passionate about something, they go all in and they bring energy and they bring the, the love and the passion for the game. And I think that that is going to be just a huge thing for Bill's mafia. I think he's going to get the crowd into the game a lot. Uh, I liken it to Jordan Phillips, right? Doesn't matter. Third down, you see him waving his hand, getting the crowd into the game. And I think if you get Dalton Kincaid, you know, get him on, get him going and, you know, get him some confidence going. I feel like he he's that type of energy bringer. And I like him at the value because nobody, again, like if you get him at 15, you're lucky. This is what people were saying before Thursday. So if you get him at 25, I have to say that is incredible value. Um, I don't mind Jerry, that you you gave away the the 140 simply because again that's a that's a wild card you you know more of what you're getting now versus what could be there at that mm-hmm. time. Um, so I, I really do like the pick, and I feel like if you could get a game changer at 25, then you're doing so. And one last thing before we move on to Osiris Torrance, you remember Mookie? I was saying that. You need a blue chip player in this draft, so trade up to go get one. We don't need another depth piece. We don't need another rotational development guy, right? We need somebody who is going to help us win a Super Bowl. So go get a blue chip player, somebody who is going to be dynamic in this offense for this year and years to come. And I feel like we did still get that at 25. So I gave it an A-plus upon further review. So that is Dalton Kincaid. Next up, the Bills sit 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 now let's ask let's everybody you know people that's tuning in maybe they want to get a different grade you know what i mean you know we, we oh wanna, yeah we want to we want to see everybody's comment about you know what's going on we want everybody's opinion on you know these picks you know what i mean as we talked about them individually so you know, let us know you know what i mean what's your dalton kincaid uh draft grade you know and um moving up a couple of spots to get them and giving up that fourth round so yeah, I think again a solid pick and and another weapon for Josh. I'm all for that. So let's talk about pick 59. Absolutely, the Bills sit and wait, and there was a couple of players there at the position where they were just like, "All right, well, at least they were on my board. They were, um, you know, still graded really, really high." Uh, I was, I'm not gonna lie, Keely Ringo was sitting there, and I was like, "Oh." But <laughs> uh, we ended up getting Osiris Torrance guard out of Florida. This kid is <laughs> a, a mammoth of a man. Uh, he's a six six seven, uh, 
330 pounds, incredibly strong. He's great hands. Um, he is, again, we talked about it. He has never allowed a sack. In 1,427 snaps, he's never allowed a sack. And uh, he's also allowed 21 pressures throughout that 1427. Mm-hmm. 21 pressures for a 1.5% pressure rate. Uh, and that is throughout all of his years at college. That is <laughs> insanity. And the Bills get him there at 59. A lot of people thought this was a first round value. And they wait again and, and they get a tremendous value pick and a tremendous player there without having to move up for it and, and give away anything. So, Coach, what was your thought process of Torrance then and then your thought process of Torrance now? Well, I mean, I wasn't in favor of the Bills getting Torres due in the first round due to the fact because um, what they done in free agency. You know, they went out and 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 got McGovern. They went out and resigned Boniker. They went out and you know got David Andrews and you know another you know interior lineman. Um, so I, I, they resigned Crossenberry on the right side to compete, you know, against Spencer Brown and you know. I wasn't keen on the Bills going to get an interior lineman at pick 27, but to get him at 59, you know, to me, that was a steal, you know, to just for our science terms, just to fall on your lap like that, that pick 59, you, I mean, who, who else would be better at that point? You know what I mean? At pick 59, that's a true best player available situation. And, you know, that's like two for one, right? They got two, you know, first round, um, guys you know on their first two picks so to get to me basically the best interior lineman in the draft at pick 59 it's definitely a steal and that's why i call being the burglar because he know how to steal in each round you know what i mean he's just not stealing in the later rounds he's going to know how to you know uh, how to stay he steals every round you know as a player to be stolen every round so this was a definite still best player available and yeah first team all sec Okay, so he's been against the best. He didn't play against the Jalen Carters and the Jordan Davises and, you know, all the rest of the studs that's in from Georgia and Alabama and LSU. So you think of that, you know, to get a guy like that and you you, you think about Quentin Wims on how he's just manhandled our interior lineman, you know what I mean, when, he, when he's out there playing. So a guy like, uh, you know, Osiris is definitely a potential – Quint Wilm stopper, if you will, you know what I mean? With the size, the attributes, the quick feet, uh, the wingspan, you know, his ability to, to, to lock up and anchor you, you know what I mean, with such ease. It's intriguing to see how he will fare in the NFL early on. And then, hey, dude, he can't sit the bench. He got to play. You can't, you know, what? so what are we going to do with Bates? Do you tinker with him at right tackle too? Because I think he has the player flexibility to even, you know, play some right tackle if need be, you know? So it'd be interesting to see how he's going to fit year one in this Bills offense. I Real quick for, for Jericho's, I, I I told you this earlier, Mookie, I love them bringing in all this offensive line. Like I said, you bring me 30 offensive linemen in this camp and I wouldn't be mad. I don't care. Bring me all the offensive linemen you can and I want the five dogs and that's who I want blocking for Josh Allen. And I am positive that Torrance is going to be one of those five dogs. And I don't mind 
letting Spencer Brown fight for that right tackle spot, but I need him to have some competition. Like he can't just be like, oh, I'm going to start in right tackle. And that's just a foregone conclusion now. Like he needs to light a fire under his behind and, you know, work for it. Kind of like Levi Wallace, where it was like they constantly bringing in guys that try to take that spot away from you. You, you fight for it and you prove that you deserve to be there, you know? Um, so I, I like them bringing in competition and I feel like it'll motivate him to be better and maybe become, you know, the right tackle we're looking for. Jarek, Osiris Torrance comes in at pick 59. What's your thought process going uh, during the oh, I love the pick now. Yeah, see, I, I can't even let you finish. You see, I, I love the pick, man. Um, <laughs> I gave it, I gave I gave it, I did, I gave this one probably an A. Um, probably the only thing that stopped me for an A plus is kind of more questions about what Buffalo's, uh, uh, what Buffalo's uh, offensive line, what their, what their run scheme is going to look like. Because Torrance is a Torrance, he fits better in a run in a, in a power run scheme. You want him in a power like you want him in a power zone, any sort of power scheme. That is his strength. You do not want him. You know, again, Buffalo. You know, Buffalo ran you know some, some multiple zone sets during their run and during their run. They ran some weak some some weak zone here and there. But you don't want him moving laterally. That's not what he does best. Um, he is a dude that for the most part he can anchor it down, and he's a dude that once he puts his hands on you, man, you're either I mean you're either going on your ass or. Or you, or you're simply going nowhere, man. And get ready you know, for one, one of probably, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, yeah. Torrance, Torrance is a bully, man. He he doesn't play around. Um, which I, which again, you know, like Mookie said, I mean, when you're going against the Quentin Williams of the world, uh, you know, you want someone that's not going to bully. Uh, you want someone that's just gonna that's gonna hold their that's gonna hold their ground and guys that can protect the quarterback. And that's exactly what Torrance is. Um, like I said, he's not the quickest guy um you don't want him moving laterally all like that so that's why it's interesting to see what buffalo does with their with their scheme because because very similar to kincaid it's like we've never had a player like we've never had a player as far as like just their overall body type and their overall play style that can fit this off as buffalo they for the most part they they have a type of what they want uh you know and it you know and, and during their off season and during their draft it's like yeah you know this kind of makes sense of why they got this player now all of a sudden it's kind of like Okay, well, we got obviously there's a, these are the best players in their you know as far as their positional rankings goes, but how are they gonna how are they gonna fit that well into the scheme, which is gonna be the biggest question. So it's gonna I'm telling you, man, it's gonna be interesting to see what Dorsey does with this philosophy because it seems like we're changing, we're gonna make some major changes um, as far as how we're gonna shift our offensive philosophy. So that'll be fun to watch. Um, but yeah, Torrance probably why he slipped far was because of his uh, position because of his flexibility as far as positions. He's literally a right guard. Um, he played some, a little bit of left guard, but he is mainly a right guard. He's not playing center. He's not playing tackle. He is playing a right guard, which I thought I loved it because that's exactly because McGovern's playing left guard. And then right guard was, for the most part, free. I mean, it's it was either him or Brian Bates, at least for now. I mean, so um, I, I, I loved it. Um, I think he adds a lot more physicality, especially in the running game. And that's, I mean, guys, that's been one of our biggest complaints is the run game. Um, and that's a guy that's going to add a huge element, especially – you know, Damian Harris is going to love this guy because what does Damian Harris do better than a lot of running backs? He loves to round deal downhill. He's a very physical running back. What does Torrance do like to do anything? But you know, you know, he he loves to run down. He loves to put dudes on their ass. So, yeah, that is going to be a phenomenal uh, pairing with those two. So, I, I loved it. Add add any sort of protection for your quarterback. I'm going to love it. That's what Buffalo has kind of, at least in the draft, they haven't really done that since Cody Ford in the second round. 
and we're just talking about the earlier round. So I, I love this pick. I love the pick overall. And I think just be just because if, if Torrance lives up to the billing, if Torrance does a you know, if he can live up to the billing and he become a, a starter for this offense, now all of a sudden Mitch Borster center, left guard, you got your pass blocker with McGovern. Deion Dawkins, of course, is gonna be an anchor on the left side. And our right side is just would be the only question mark to whether or not Spencer Brown can go back to picking up where he left off in 2020, or do we need to find some sort of competition with Queensberry or somebody else has to fill in that void? So it's just going to make the offensive line that much better, which is going to protect our quarterback. And um, I, I love it. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. Um, not necessarily a guy who you want pulling, um, but as far as being in his little phone booth, he, no. he controls it thoroughly and completely. Um the way he seals people off, he creates humongous, ginormous holes. Uh, and like you said, that would be perfect for your Damian Harris. That's perfect if for a Josh Allen QB sneak. That's perfect for a fourth and one when you are on the goal line and you mm -hmm. need this touchdown. You know, he's going to be the guy who you go behind. And um, I think he's going to do very well at that. Um, you're not going to bull rush him. It's over. You're just wasting your time. You're wasting everybody's time. Um, I've seen one guy have a successful bull rush. That was Jalen Carter. And as I feel like it was only because he caught him off guard. I don't think he was right for it. And he still handled it pretty well, all things considered. You know, he didn't allow the pressure. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he was able to, to anchor down and, and do what he had to do. Huge hands, and he knows how to use them. Um, like, you know, Richard Russell, where a forex glove is crazy. Um, I mean, when you mention that, it's pretty interesting to see, like, this dude can't sit the bench. You know no. what I'm saying? Like, he can't sit the bench. You can't oh, yeah. bench right now, right, guy? Mm -hmm. You know, Spencer Brown's coming out of sophomore slump with a back injury. So is it more of a development for a year, put him in a rotation? Uh, maybe Mitch Morris retires or whatever the case. Then you slide Bates over the center where he's more of a natural fit than playing right guard. Um, and then you figure out what you're going to do in our right, our right tackle. Or Spencer Brown, your guy. So, they, you know, this is, you know, Spencer Brown year with some competition that's going to be added because they, they signed, uh, you know, some UFDA guys uh, that plays at right tackle. Obviously, another Florida Gator uh, that played on the left side and he probably converts over to the right uh, to add some competition with that. And Question Buried and um, Noah Henderson from out of ECU, too. So, um, Pretty intriguing to see what's going to happen at the tackle spot. Uh, the Bills did a good job in the undrafted free agency uh, department as well. So just to chime in on another good solution of, you know, getting players that can help you now and down the line. You know what I mean? Just in case. This is another just-in-case guy. Just in case Mitch Morris may be a surprise cut this year. You know, or just in case, you know, Mitch Morris retires. Just in case. Mitch Morris gets another concussion. You know what I mean? We'll be no problem on not missing the beat by sliding Bates over and, you know, still having some consistency at right guard. All right. We're here. Uh, and for me, I'm going to give him an a, a plus at this pick uh, again. Uh, I, I may sound like a homer, but it's for me, it's logic, right? I mean, you get a top 10 prospect there. At 25, that's an A+. Plus. You get a top 25 prospect there at 59, to me, that's an A+. Plus. And also, at a, at a need, you know, you are looking for, you know, 
a better offensive line situation. And one thing I love about this and our next pick that we're going to get into, it, it, it to me, it has a smash mouth feel. Not only actually the first pick too, Colin Kincaid, I, I put him up there with this. It feels like a smash mouth type of mentality is coming. And like, it's us versus you right now. And we're just going to run through you simply because you cannot stop us. Um, and and I, I, I like that energy. I like that philosophy. And I think that's exactly what we need, especially having the quarterback that we do. What's your up. grade for it? <laughs> Technical difficulties, excuse me at that. But, yeah, let's, let's move over. Um, what, what's your grade for, for Torrance real quick? I'll give it an A. Torrance is definitely A. Again, when you when a guy like that at 59 falls to your lab, first team, our SEC player, another guy that, you know, has a first-round grade, you know, slides to you at 59, that's definitely – that's automatic. Okay? All right, cool. Awesome. All right, so we're all on the same page there. We get now into the third-round pick, Dorian Williams, a uh, linebacker there. And uh, I'm very interested to see – to have this conversation because I mentioned that once I saw his tape, that's – the mindset I got coming from it is, oh, they want to hit boys this year. Like, they want to be physical. No more of this finesse. You know, we look real pretty doing what we do. You know, they want to punch you in the mouth and make you hurt and make you hate them by the fourth quarter. Um, and, and that's I'm all for it. Uh, but what do you guys think, right? So I'm, I'm going to start with you this time, Jarek. When you saw the pick come through for Dorian Williams versus what you think about it now. I initially gave it a C minus and because for some reason I had a gut feeling that he was that he wasn't gonna be playing the position that we thought we needed, which was gonna be that that Tremaine Emmons replacement. I feared that he was gonna be once again a backup to Milano. Um and then I saw the press conference and then, you know, it was kind of like it, but um I, I'm going to give it a C plus only because again, I, I've been watching Dorian Williams for, for a minute in Tulane. Um, I mean, the dude is all, I mean, you know, first of all, four, four, nine speed. You love his athleticism. Uh, you, you know, he's a hard worker. You love his willingness to, to, to go ahead and make the tackles sideline to sideline type of guy. Um, I love his ability to play zone coverage and he, and he does has shown some ability to play some of the man coverage as well. Uh, he can get, he can, you know, we've seen him get underneath some slot receivers before, um, so that kind of shows his, his quickness and his overall IQ and pedigree um, to go ahead and make those plays. Um, it's just for me is number one again. Again, he has that Bernard Milano size. He's like you know two twenty eight, you know six one, two hundred twenty eight pounds. I think the question is to me is is are we going to work with him to fill him in at the Tremaine Emmons position, or is he going to sit behind Milano? And I think. That is something that I am very curious to see. I know, again, we've got different answers during the press conference, but, you know, again, training camp and then, of course, preseason and, and of course, fall, you know, the, the fall season, I think, you know, things could be different. So I'm interested to see what they do with him um, because I think we all were pretty confused with the Bernard pick last year. Like, why the hell would you draft him on a replacement when we are pretty sure he's not going to go anywhere? And, um, you know, we'll see. What, and again, Bernard is, you know, we'll see what happens with him this season, but, um, um, I mean, like I said, I, I love his tape. Um, obviously, he has some things he can work on. Um, you know, again, I, again, the, the Kansas State film wasn't his best game, um, as far as you know. You know, that is you know, arguably the, the worst game I think I've seen for him because you know, his, you know, he was his ability to kind of scrape was was heavily limited in that game. But 
Um, so that kind of gives me some pause to concern where, you know, again, he can get caught easily um, at times. Um, but overall wise, um, I do like his pedigree. Um, I do like his fight. Um, and I, and I think overall wise as a football player, he's a really, really good player. So, um, I'm overall interested to see what the bills do with Dorian Williams, but I think because there's just so much uncertainty with me right now with it, with, with uh, how they're going to use him. Um, I'm probably going to give this one a C plus. Not mad at it. Not mad at it. Coach, you've yeah, been I'm telling like- me that the Bills, you know, need a big guy, like a Jack Campbell type, you know, 6'5", you know, one of those bigger guys here. They get a 6'1 guy who, granted, is very fast, very strong, very twitchy, um, can move all around the field and make a tackle, one-on-one tackles, can run through blocks. He he can cover. He, can, he, he got all the potential and all the tools. But he is undersized there. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, on this traffic? I can see why Jared would give him a C plus, and you know I understand that's why I give him a grade of a B minus. Um, I think that you know when you grind from the bottom and you know you 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 finish up at the top, you know I mean I, I you know to me that gives you some 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 value, you know. And Coach McDermott's mantra is always being humble and hungry at the same time. So you know his junior year they was two and ten. Senior year, they was 12 and two and, you know, they played on, you know, high platforms and, you know, they played well uh, against USC, another USC victim. You know, he was the defensive player of the game, you know, and I don't think he missed a tackle. The guy is a a tackling machine and, you know, Detroit kind of screwed up the draft. You know what I mean? When they took Jack Campbell at 18, everybody was like, what the hell? They took Jack Campbell at 13 and, I mean, at night 18, excuse me, and a guy that that pretty much is the only guy that carried um, the Tremaine Edmonds measurables being 6'5", 240. He was the only guy. I mean, you know, Sewell was the next guy, you know, really in my eyes. And, you know, Bills didn't get him either. You know, he ended up going somewhere else. So other than that, guys were some undersized middle linebackers and, you know, Dorian Williams, he's basically fits in that Milano uh, mode. Uh, you look at his tackling ability, his versatility, either in zone or, you know, man cover as a backer. And let's not forget the leadership. You know I mean? This is some extra that he brings, you know, being the captain there at Tulane, he knows what that's all about. You know, he started there, you know, for three years. And then, you know, again, you got the athleticism. So this is more or less a, Another one of those just in case, just in case Matt Milano get hurt. You know what I mean? Just in case, you know, a couple of years down the line, Matt Milano is kind of fading out or whatever. You know, you have a guy in place that can pick up just as well as he left off. So, again, getting guys that can help you now and still later down the line, another just in case player. You know I mean, obviously with the athleticism, he's going to make the roster on special teams for sure. And, you know, if that's the guy that they're grooming, um, then, you know, it's going to be pretty interesting, you know, to see how that works with that hybrid backer. So, you know, that's what that was a Dorian Williams pick. Didn't have really too much to do with the Tremaine Edmonds situation. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Um, for me, when I first saw the pick, I got upset because I was like, another undersized linebacker. I don't understand where this draft is going. <laughs> but, um, Again, they have a plan, man. These guys, 
are doing this year round, you know, guys like, you know, me, I'll speak for myself. We, you know, start watching this stuff like two months before the draft started. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, so they, they have a better understanding of what they want to do, but I didn't get it at first. Now I just still don't exactly know what the plan is for him, but what I do love about the pick is that it, it sends a subliminal message to me, the fan, uh, you know, to, to an intuitive fan, this says gone are the days where you are just going to walk all over us and, and walk down the field and we hope that you mess up and get three. You know, it says to me, gone are the days where you're going to gash us for 200 rushing yards, right? To me, it says we're tougher than you, we're nastier than you, and we are going to beat you down. And even if the scheme doesn't necessarily change, I think the philosophy does change, like, like my man Rich Rush said. I think that the thought process and the mentality that goes behind the defense will change. I think it'll be a lot more aggressive. I think it'll be a lot more angry. Um, and I feel like picks like this are going to be the culture setters in the locker room that kind of get you going and, and get, you know, get in a new type of identity for this defense. And I'm all for it. So for this pick, I'm going to put a B plus. All right. Uh, so, so I'm not too much of a homer. But I do, I do like the pick to a degree. But I like the philosophy that he represents even more. Right, this boy should be running through people. This is like a shout out, like a bat out of hell, you know, someplace. Um, so I'm really excited about seeing what he could potentially do, and um, you know how he kind of carves his his role on his team and, and what that is. To me, he kind of reminds me of a Christian Benford esque prospect in the sense that he kind of is there and nobody's really expecting much, but then he just kind of, you know, kind of shows out and everybody's like, oh, wow, we need to have him on the field in some capacity. Uh, so that is what I'm hoping for for Dorian Williams. Sorry. So next up, we have the Florida wide receiver, Justin Shorter. He's anything but shorter. <laughs> this guy is 6'4", two, two, two bills plus. Um, I was a 4'5". And I think that that is a misrepresentation of his speed. I think he's faster than that. He plays faster than that to me. Um, but a very interesting pick there in the fourth round. Oh, no, fifth round. Very interesting pick there in the fifth round. Big, tall body, you know. Mook, you said you don't want no more Smurfs. What would you think of this one? Man, I couldn't be... I could be mad at it. Your boy A.T. Perry was on the board, so I'm like, well, damn. You know, we got a shot at A.T. Perry, you know, because we kind of had him mocked to, you know, the Bills. But, I mean, you know, I couldn't be mad at the Justin Shorter pick, a guy they brought in for a pre-draft visit. Uh, I love the measurable 6'4", down there, 6'5", 230 pounds. He give you that again. Poor man, uh, D.K. Metcalf, you know, exactly. Um, you know, a big target that Josh can see down the field. Uh, you know, strong hands, aggressive blocker, and, you know, he can work the middle of the field as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we needed that big body. We needed that red zone threat. You talk about how Don Kincaid comes in and immediately becomes a target for Josh Allen. Uh, if we talk about the 50-50 ball, one, uh, one thing, just 
to go back real quick, talking about Dawson, Dalton Kincaid, one thing I loved about him is he snags the ball out of the air. He does none of this, oh, I'll wait for it to come to my body. Oh, the, the defender made a, a play on the ball. Oh, well, you know, bad throw. He attacks the ball, you know, and he goes and he grabs it. He brings it down. He immediately is cutting up field. Um, he makes 50-50 balls look more like 70-30 balls in his favor. And I feel like, uh, you know, shorter here kind of represents that same thing as well. You know, that guy who Josh Allen can can throw the ball a little high. He can high point it, go get it over a smaller defensive back. There aren't very many defensive backs in the, in the league that are 6-3 plus, you know, especially not ones that are good and going to keep up with you know, great wide receivers. So he has opportunities to win some jump balls and be a, a, a red zone threat. Um, and, you know, again, carve out a role on his team because it's there to be had, especially if you can, you know, perform on special teams and grow with the team. I, I, I liken him to like a Isaiah Hodgins almost, right? I feel like he's the Isaiah Hodgins replacement, that guy who, had promise, had potential, really should have been on our roster, honestly, but we kept playing with fire and we kept putting him on the practice squad and he eventually got snatched up. And I feel like this is that same type of guy where you want to develop him uh, because you know that once he puts it all together and he comes in on, you know, and plays significant snaps for you, he can really do some real damage. Uh, Jarek, when you saw this pick come through for shorter, what was your thoughts versus now? Mm-hmm. Still with us, Jared? All right. Uh, we, we'll see. Oh, I mean, hear me? There it is. Yep, there he is. There he is. There we go. No, sorry. It's technical. Okay, there we go. Um, yeah, the pick made sense. Um, the pick made sense of what they wanted to do. Um, we knew that they were not going to be done grabbing a receiver as soon as they don't grab Dalton Kincaid. Um, I wanted A.T. Perry. I think A.T. Perry was a better receiver. Um, but – you know, I think that for the most part, um, you know, Justin Shorter, definitely this is more of an upside pick than, than anything. And a guy that that could potentially be a gem, you know, he could come in here and he could surprise a lot of people. And I think he I think for, you know, when, when people look at him and they look at that he's six four, he's 230 something pounds, they're thinking, OK, this is a guy that for the most part, you're just going to send him and go route. And he's simply just going to, you know, up muscle defenders. And because he's a big body guy, he's going to be he's going to be. A, uh, a perfect target for Josh Allen. Well, he's, believe it or not, the best thing that Justin Shorter does, I think better than what, you know, a lot of receivers that we draft in the past is his, is quick outs. It's his quick outs. It's those start, it's those kind of start, there's those start routes. He's like, when it comes to intermediate and just those overall quick routes, those quick routes, as far as those, in, as far as those, those out routes, those slants, that's what he does better than I think a lot of receivers in this draft class. So, um, it's kind of more of a, what AJ Brown did at, when he was at Ole Miss, where you know you didn't you know, again DK Metcalf was used a little bit differently, but you know AJ Brown for the most part was that that short intermediate that fifteen yard um, that fifteen yard type of guy. That's what Shorter is really really good at. Um, I think another thing that I really really like for Shorter as well um, is I think I love his ability to run after the catch. I think that is where that physical that physicalness of that two hundred thirty pound frame really comes into play. Um, of course, I think that for the most part, his speed is actually underrated because like you said, just, uh, just as even, you know, even though he ran a four, five, five, I think his ability to get to top speed very, very quickly, 
is what kind of makes him a little bit faster on the field compared to just those 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 combine numbers um, for the most part. Um, I do wish that for the most part, especially when he's getting jammed up a little bit, that he could use a little bit of that, that big boy frame to his advantage um, because sometimes he plays a lot smaller than his actual size kind of indicates. And that can be cleaned up. That can be fixed. Nothing to really worry about sometimes, but that's just something I just kind of noticed. Um, and then because he kind of, you know, because of the scheme that Florida ran, you know, it kind of limited his route tree. So he's not going to – Literally, he's running that, that is just has a, Yeah, he was – yeah, his, his route tree is limited based off of Florida scheme. So he's not going to be running, a, a, you know, the Stephon Dick's crazy amount of routes. But um, it is something that can get coached, and that's definitely something that can get cleaned up and that he can get fixed in the future. So um, I love his upside, though. Um, I think I, I again. I think he has, as far as the physical, as far as the physical intangibles goes, he has those traits. Um, it's just about, for the most part, just cleaning up some of his game and just really finding a way to put the pieces together. Because at Penn State, you know, again, he showed promise, but again, to put it all together, transfer to Florida, kind of the same deal. Had some had some impressive highlights, impressive tape. Um, but just one of those things where you're just looking for more consistency from that. So um, from fifth round value where, you know, again, you want to get those, you want to get those guys with that, that high upside, that's where you get them. Um, so I gave it a B minus, I gave it a B minus, but uh, you know, again, this could be one of those picks that in two to three years could easily turn into an A plus pick. Um, if he gets the, if he gets the right coaching here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have to say, I agree with you there. Um, coaching and development is extremely important in any draft picks, uh, you know, journey in the NFL. Uh, you mentioned mm -hmm. how he has that DK Metcalf, AJ Brown type of body, right? Uh, just absolutely mm -hmm. freak in terms of, <laughs> you know, what, uh, you know, their, their body type and, and what they can do on a field. He was a former number one overall recruit uh, out of high school. And it, like, like Jared said, he took the words right out of my mouth. I feel like, the passing attack that Florida had wasn't conducive to making him look like he was playing his best um, or wasn't conducive to make him to put him in the best position to personally succeed. Right. Uh, which I mean, is, it, it is what it is. You know, you're not necessarily looking to go out there and make one guy comfortable, but it, it didn't really do him a ton of favors in terms of value um, for, for a draft at least. But he is, you know, a, you you can see he's very good at slot. Um, I'm sorry. He's very good at that that slant right there, especially, you know, sometimes coming out of the slot, sometimes going out the outside. They're big with RPOs with him. Um, he, he's got pretty good hands. He, he's able to get behind defenses at a, a kind of crazy clip. Like, uh, you just wouldn't expect that, especially looking at him from, you know, back in his sophomore year. I believe that was his sophomore year. Um, I'm pretty sure it was a sophomore year, but he he looked kind of bigger. He was he was a little slow, and you, you saw the progression into what he turned out to be. To me, that says coachable. And um, if you're able to be coachable by a team that is a perennial Super Bowl contender, then you know good things may come to you. So before we move on to broker. Luke, what is your grade for Justin Shorter? Um, you know, when I looked at it again, you know, I I I like At Perry with that pick because he's a more, you know, he can run he can run the route streak. 
you know, and that's 6'3", you know, 205 pounds. I could deal with that, you know, 6'3", 6'4", I can deal with that. But I'm not mad at Justin Shorter's measurables either, 6'4", 6'5", 240. And again, he's uh, another one of those just-in-case guys, right? Just-in-case the Bills don't sign uh, uh, Gabe Davis, you have a serviceable guy that still can blow the top off the defense and win a one-on-one matchup just because of his measurables alone. You know, on that backside, if you're going to be doubling Stefan Diggs, cornerback number two is going to be paired up sometimes with a guy that's 6'4", 230 pounds. So, again, that you know, it's another threat in the red zone, uh, another big guy with a big catch radius, and another big guy that can help as a blocker inside the red zone too. So just imagine those type of packages that the Bills can have inside the red zone with the Kincaid, with the, with the Steph Diggs, and, you know, potentially – you throw the rookie out there, but it's a development, you know, uh, he got to make his, you know, he got to make it on special teams. Uh, I say right now he's in the dark fight for the final roster spot, which is number six, uh, you know, does not discount Keyshawn Johnson. I would love to see what he's going to do with training camp. Uh, the bills did acquire Desmond Patman, uh, from the Colts, another six, five guy. And again, they picked up two, six, five receivers and, uh, you know, undrafted free agents. So, I like to pick to where, where the Bills took him at in the fifth round. Um, so I, I have to give this a, a, a B, a B plus. I'll give him a B plus on the pick. All right. So all things considered, you know, especially when we consider that the Bills pick at the end of almost every round simply because they, they've had a really good record, uh, some, some pretty decent grades here on these boards here from from us three. Um, so one thing I found interesting was they didn't take a single safety. Right. But they did take a corner. <laughs> and, uh, uh, oh, wait, actually, he's not next. Sorry. Nick Broker is next. Offensive lineman, Ole Miss. Another guy moved you some out earlier. Didn't allow a single sack. It was all Pac-12. He, I mean... He plays, he's flexible, left guard and, and left tackle. Um, he looks like he is exactly what the Bills would look for. Um, so what did, what did you think of this pick? Me or Jerry? Uh, move. Um, I think, <laughs> again, as we was talking earlier, like I think that this guy could be a, a definite still. This guy is definite still at seven. You know, I mean, the, again, the burglar, you know, he stole Justin Short in the fifth round. He stole uh, Nick Broker in the seventh round, another all-SEC guy. So the Bills got two first-team all-SEC linemen, you know, on their roster right now. Another guy who did not allow a sack at his position. You get that type of value at, you know, in the seventh round. You know, again, this guy went up against the Alabamas, the LSUs, and the Georgias. And for him to, you know, get that type of recognition in that class, not to mention he was a second team All-American, you know, in a lot of other media publications, uh, the, the, the PWAA and, you know, uh, Phil Still, uh, Philip Still and, you know, a, a few other um, publications. So uh, to get a guy of that type of value, um, you know, late in the seventh round as I mean, 
I'm going to give this one an A+. Plus. I think this guy can potentially Ooh. be a steal in the draft. Another guy that can play on the interior. And, he, you know, again, he has some experience, experience at tackle. So maybe you'll see a point where you see him and Osiris Torrance out there together, right guard, right tackle. So it's a lot of combinations that I definitely want to see on how the Bills are going to use and move people around to make plays. But to get a guy of that type of value at in the seventh round, to me, uh, that's an A-plus. Another one of those just-in-case guys, just in case um, Spencer Brown don't pan out, just in case you got to move Mitch Morris. I mean, you move Mitch Morris out, you slide Bates in there, uh, just in case guys get hurt. You know, you got a serviceable backup. You know, that I think that's, you know, with time, he can go out there and do the job. So player flexibility um, brings his hard hat to work. Don't allow a sack. You know, again, you know, keeping jobs protected was, you know, a point of emphasis. And, you know, they got two of the best linemen, you know, in the SEC, let alone the country, you know, on the roster right now. So I think it was a win-win. He answered a lot of uh, Bills Mafia fans, you know, prayers. We'll get some linemen. They end up getting two. So that was the double up. That was the double up in the position groups was that linemen, even though, you know, they did a bulk of that in free agency too. So this is going to be the competition is loaded up front on the offensive line. We just have to see who's going to survive it. Yeah, we absolutely do. And we absolutely will. So for a broker, Mookie is giving them an A+. Jared, what you got? I give it a B. I give it a B plus. Um, and I think what's really good about this is that you have a is that once again you get a a, a player that's better as a run blocker than he is a pass blocker. So, um, not to say again he's a good, really good pass blocker. Has a nice anchor. Um, doesn't have the length. He doesn't have the Torrance arms. He does not the lengthiest guy. That's why he's kind of he got dinged a lot because he you know he doesn't have the the longest length uh, in the world. So. Um, but I think that this is, I think that this is a versatile guy that, you know, again, maybe could be like, could maybe could be a Ryan Bates. Maybe, maybe you can, I think he does have some flexibility about him. I think he can play a little bit of tackle. Um, I think he can play, I, I, he has some experience playing some center, I believe. So, um, he, you know, again, this is more of a flexible type of guy that you can kind of move around a little bit over the field, test him out. But I think he is primarily going to be playing as guard. I don't know which spot, whether it's right or left, maybe you test him at both. Um, but I love his Bama tape. Um, and, you know, everyone knows I'm a Bama fan. So I, I loved, you know, that game, um, Ole Miss with uh, Jenkins and with, with Jenkins, those guys. I mean, those guys rushed forward, to, I think, what, 200 rushing yards on us last uh, this, this game. And he did a really good job going against uh, Byron Young and DJ Dell and those guys. So um, he – and he has the physicality aspect about him, um, hardworking type dude. I think definitely he's a lot quicker than Torrance. Um, so again, if you want to use him in a lot of those weak zone schemes, you want to, you know, you, you know, this is a guy you want to pull, you want to move a little bit laterally, he can do that. Um, so yeah, I think overall wise, I like him. I like him a lot. I think this is a guy that, again, he's going to be, of course, he's going to be much more of a death piece. I don't think he's going to start, but maybe could be a Ryan Bates, maybe a guy that you can use. Um, maybe you can use in multiple positions um, just in case, be, be that emergency guy just in case. But um, this is a guy that I think is definitely going to make a roster spot. I think he has what it takes to do it. And um, I, I like Again, uh, this overall is value here. I, I, I had him. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say real quick. I, I had I had him as a fifth-round grade. Um, so the fact that, yeah, Buffalo took him in the seventh round was was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. This, this goes back to what I said about giving me 30, 50, I don't care, 
as many as you can. And I want the five dogs to go out there and, and protect my quarterback. And I'm not going to lie to y'all. I feel like he might be one of them. I feel like he might be one of them. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Remember, Spencer Brown was a late round pick and he was able to come in and he looked pretty good his rookie season, you know, with everything given and still being a rookie. Um, he obviously struggled against some of the best, but they're the best for a reason. Um, so I am going to give this pick just based off of value. I will give it an A, not an A plus because I don't want to seem like a homer, but I do think it's an A+. Plus, but I'll give it an A. Um, <laughs> just like, I don't know. It, it makes sense, you know? Yeah. It, it just makes sense. Like It's like, oh, I, I totally get it. I completely understand. Um, a lot of A's out there over there, my friend. A lot of A's. It's a lot of good picks. It's hey, a I'm probably a homer, man. Hey, you tell me where I'm wrong. He's out. <laughs> He's definitely Homer Simpson right now. <laughs> um, all right. Final pick of the Buffalo Bills draft. Alex Austin, quarterback, Oregon State, right? Well, why I thought this was very interesting was because we didn't draft a single safety. And we have a corner we just drafted around this time last year who started the season for us. So Bean has shown that he clearly can get great value out of guys this late in the draft, especially at certain positions. At a premium position, no less than cornerback. So before we get into the grace for this pick, does this increase your chances? I'm going to start with you, Jarek. Does this increase your chances for you thinking that Christian Benford is going to switch to safety? Could be. Um, because I, I think for the most part, at least for cornerback-wise, um, we were th- we were thin last year. We had injuries, um, of course, for Davis White. And uh, trying to fill in that, one of those uh, those corner position roles was a little bit definitely hard to fill in. Um, but for the most part, I think what's funny about Austin is that Austin could potentially play safety because, um, you know, if anything, his teammate, who I didn't think, I don't think got drafted, but I actually thought his teammate was better to play as a corner compared to what Austin would. So I, that's actually kind of funny. Um, but no, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they test him on as some safety because he definitely has, a, you know, again, he's a 6'1", 182 pounder, um, can play, you know, that multiple zones. I mean, I mean he's, he is a, he's a Bills corner. He's what Buffalo wants, but he does have the athletic ability um, to play at those certain positions. So um, Benford, like I said, Benford, you know, for the most part, they've been testing him out. He's got some experience. Um, I don't know if necessarily going to move him. I think you can test him out and just see what happens there. Obviously, you know, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, these are guys that are getting a lot older and um, they're not, they're not going to be around that much longer. So um, it's better to be safe than sorry, but it's interesting. It's interesting because I definitely feel like Austin has the flexibility to, if you want to move him to safety, you can do it. My man Izzy in the chat, Austin to me screams Josh Norman. Now, Josh Norman was playing at a Hall of Fame level at one point in his career. So if you can get that type of production from a seventh round pick, even if it's just for a season, you've won. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Coach, 
does this say anything about Benford maybe potentially going to safety? And also, what did you think of Vic? I mean, you just have to see. I mean, you know, right now we know Benford has proven that he can play in this game. We know that Kyrie Helam has proven he can play in this game right now. We got Dane Jackson, who's been in this game for four years now. So you got guys, you know, those three guys, and then obviously you throw in Tredavious White, makes it a crowded cornerback room too. Not to mention you throw in, you know, your your big nickel, your Sermon Nils and your Taron Johnson and then your Cam Lewis too. So um, let's not even forget what Kyler McMurray, yeah, you know, those guys that, that's on the practice squad. So um, to bring in Austin again, um, is more or less, I guess, a scheme fit. You know, he's not a man guy. You never see him playing man. He would struggle in that. But you do like the size. Rangy, 6'1", almost 200 pounds. Uh, very smart. You know, that's the good thing about that's what I took out of him being, you know, damn near Mr. Relevant at 252. Um, he does have a high football IQ. And, you know, that is definitely what's needed, you know what I mean, to play in McDermott's scheme. And he do play with, you know, some sort of physicality, you know, being that size. Uh, but he do get, he do, he do ankle by that time. You know, he definitely will ankle by that times. But, you know, he definitely has some good ball skills and instincts that to get that in the, in the seventh round. Um, you know, he's a guy, again, you know, that, has he's like a uh you know high ceiling you know you know uh low ceiling high floor low ceiling kind of guy you know basically so we'll see uh you know you do got that awareness to play heavy zone you know some again the good ball skills are theirs with two uh interceptions and he's taking them back to the house so we'll just see you know how much of a scheme fit he is and again another developmental insurance piece just in case because Hey, you got Micah, that's, you know, coming off injury, that's over 30. You have Jordan Poyer, you know, who's, you know, in the same boat with that. Um, so we'll just have to see, you know, what the Bills do, you know, with this pick. You know, Cam Lewis, you know, he's back on a one-year deal. Dane Jackson's back on a one-year deal. So this is another development piece that can end up easily being some quality depth for you, getting a feel for your scheme, and eventually, you know, he can take over. You know, at some point in the game. But definitely, again, another guy that's just going to have to make this roster on special teams before anything. All right. Uh, let's make this quick, real quick. Mookie, give me a grade for Austin, uh, Alex Austin. I'm going to give Austin a C-plus on this one. Jared, what you got C for plus. Uh, I'm going to give it a – I give it a, I give it a, I give it the same grade, B minus because of the scheme fit. Minus C plus. All right, fair enough. Um, uh, I I I feel like I'm in the ballpark. I would give it a B. We'll see what happens. Um, can never have too many corners, and um, I feel like cornerback was a problem for a really long time, and now I feel like it's one of our strengths. So I'm not mad with you know forging a, a little bit of fire. All right, before we get out of here, our final thoughts for the day. We're going to take a look at some of the unrestricted free agents that the Bills drafted. And you guys are going to tell me which one is your favorite. All right. Noah Henderson, offensive tackle, East Carolina. DJ Pale, defensive lineman, Alabama. Jordan Mims, running back, Fresno State. Tyrell Shavers, wide receiver, San Diego State University. Richard George Goriage. 
Gorage. Not sure how to say that. But he's an offensive lineman played with Osiris Torrance over at Florida. Jarek, our our uh superstar guest today. Which one of those prospects are you most excited about? Oh, well, first of all, uh, shout out to DJ Dale from Alabama. Of course, got to represent. So that's going to be exciting uh, for him. But um, um, I would say Tyro Shavers is a very interesting story. Um, of course, he was Auburn. Um, he was in Auburn. He was more of a running back slash, you know, receiving hybrid. Um, obviously made that transfer to San Diego State. But he has a very interesting story. Shorter guy. Um, I think right, five six or five seven, but he's tough, tough. And if you don't believe me, uh, watch the clip of him versus Xavier McKinney, who's a Pro Bowl caliber safety for the uh, New York Giants. I mean, <laughs> one of the one of the literally one of the hardest trucks that you will ever see in college. So um, he's a he's going to be fun. He's going to be fun and fascinating to watch and see, if, and, and especially because of his size at at, at slot. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Buffalo, if they're going to test him out if they're going to put him in the back, if, you know, if he becomes that gadget player, like what Isaiah McKenzie was, because he literally has played that role his entire career. So um, that's be a fun player to watch. All right. Coach, who you got for us? Which one of those prospects are you looking closely at slash excited for? Um, I think I got a, a, a few that, you know, I've been eyeballing. Um, Again, uh, yeah, Jarek mentioned DJ Dell from out of Alabama. Obviously, you know, you want to look at a guy who basically demanded a double team to where Will Anderson can be one of the best pass rushers in the league. You know, he went third overall because of the guy next to him, and DJ, you know, was definitely that guy. So, um, you know, you, you're interesting about that pick. And then another pick uh, that intrigues me um, is the right tackle. Uh, Richard Garage um, from out of Florida, um, you know, played left tackle, um, you know, so I, I, it, it creates the competition. I mean, him coming from an SEC school, well, would get an undrafted free agent, you know, to, hey, you know, it's cheaper, you know. You get that. These are your these are your save a lot guys, right? These are the guys that you get from save a lot. But you know, they still played at a high level on a, on the biggest and brightest stages. Played against high competition. So I, I like the the Richard Garage. I do like a Noah Henderson from out of ECU, uh, six six three hundred and twenty. So that's really intriguing to see the tackles because now if the Bills got a gem and one of those undrafted free agents, you know, guy from Florida, guy from ECU. Uh, what did that do? You know, like I say, the competition is at up front is going to be crazy this year. So you know, I'm excited to see that position group, especially on who's going to make the roster from tackle to tackle. So, uh, you know, those are some of my guys. Obviously, the Bills did take some wide receivers, but I kind of see I'm, I'm interested to see what's happening in the trenches. So Richard Garage and Noah Henderson, the offensive tackles from ECU in Florida, uh, are are the guys that I have high my right. Let's not forget James Patterson from out of UB. You know, so, you know, he has a, a rookie mini camp invite. So if he do well there, you know, you know, that'd give him a, a signing, you know, with the Bills because they still have, you know, they still have to add guys to this roster. So, uh, you know, making it the most competitive in positions, you know, I can't wait to see how it really shapes up. 
you know, because I'm quite sure they're still going to get some veteran free, some veteran weapons, whether it's on the defensive side or the offensive side, uh, yet to come now that the draft is over with. All right, yeah. And one player I did forget about was South Alabama's Jalen Wayne, wide receiver. Um, and, of course, so for me, I will say I'm excited about uh, the Alabama D-lineman coming in. Again, that defensive line was it produced the top three picks, so it must have been doing something right. So I'm excited to see what he could potentially bring to our team. I also like the other guard that's coming over with Osiris Torrance. Um, typically, in, in whenever you're able to keep a really, really good player comfortable and have some sort of familiarity, somebody who they can bond with, they 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 tend to, at least in my opinion, I feel like they would you know, be a little more comfortable and, and have that room to grow as a player uh, in an NFL training camp or uh, voluntary workouts, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited about everything that they've brought. Uh, guys, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. You you guys know, if you watch any of the content that I'm a part of, I'm going to tell it like it is. I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel. And I feel like Brandon Bean is almost not even given – Sean McDermott and the coaching staff an opportunity to mess up, right? He's like, look, we're changing the, the philosophy of this team, right? We are going to be bigger and stronger than you in every way, shape, and form. And then we also going to have some speed to boot, right? Um, so I, I really like the direction. And real quick before we get out of here, the Bills also did give invites to Logan Bonner, quarterback on Utah State, Deshaun White, linebacker, Oklahoma, Joshua Donovan, tackle from Arizona. Isaiah Bowser, running back from UCF. I know Jake Jordan is going to be very happy for that. And then, as Coach mentioned earlier, James Patterson, linebacker from UB. But, man, I, like I have I to like say. That. I like that Bowser. I don't mean to cut you off, but I like that Isaiah Bowser. Um, invite 6'1", 225. He was top 10 in college football and touchdowns at 16. You know, so another, you know, guy that's pretty intriguing, you know, that could be that power back for the Bills inside that red zone, too. I mean, you know, Jordan Mims from out of Fresno State, he was that type of guy, too. So to get two power backs, the guys who thrived on being bell cows inside the red zone you know, as an undrafted free agent. Again, it's pretty interesting to see, you know, what the Bills are going to do. I want to see what my guy Tyler uh, Hunter uh, Lukey end up signing because he didn't get drafted so i want to see where he he ends up but i I do like you know just about every position that the bills are bringing in whether they drafted them or you know there was an undrafted free agent so you know they getting uh, back to making this a competitive roster you know i mean the old-fashioned way you know i mean if you ain't got enough money to spend then you got to go out there and get it best way you know how and, and right now i think they're doing an excellent job of doing that but I still wouldn't mind, you know, a player with some star power. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, at least one most player with star power. And then, you know, we could take it from there. Yeah. I I, I thought I saw that uh, Hunter Lucky did get drafted. Um, he went to the Cowboys. Oh, he did? Yeah, yeah. he was drafted. Yeah, pick number 274, it looks like. 274. I don't think the draft went that Oh, wait, far. no. That don't. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That was, I'm walling. <laughs> I'll let you guys know. 
Um, Let's see. I'm looking at it now. He got a. Uh, he yeah. He signed with the Cowboys as a you 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 undrafted free agent, but he got a oh, massive contract guarantee. Okay. Uh, so like sometimes it. you know you undrafted free agents, they give you them them guarantees, and you know they go there. So you come. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, right. he's getting like two hundred two hundred thousand in total guarantees. That's major for undrafted free agent. You know, the type yeah. of contracts they get early on. Um, 20 signing bonus and 180 base for UDFA. You know, we're not talking a practice car guy or whatever, but, you know, I think that's, you know, play with the hey. Cowboys. Good pickup. Coming out of college, that's a nice little chunk of change to have 200K up in your bank account. Not bad at all. Man, with uh, all these NIL deals going on, man. It's, oh, yeah, that's true. It's looking crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> All right. Um, before we go, I just want to read off some of the some of the round picks, the grades that you guys gave off. My man Spin gave round three a C minus. Uh, that was Dorian Williams gave round four. Or I'm sorry, it wasn't round four. Round five, he gave a B minus. Uh, round seven doesn't matter. Pick whoever if they hit, they hit. Okay, fair enough. Um, people are excited to see rounds one and two. Looks like you got a lot of pretty, pretty good grades here. So, uh, yeah, man, this was a great show. Uh, we absolutely want to thank you guys for tuning in with us tonight, right? Um, and, hey, this is Believe in Bills. Coach, you want to go ahead and send us out? More weapons for Josh Allen. Do you believe? Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Now, find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all sports information from live in-game betting props and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use uh, your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Now, use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50%. Welcome your bonus on your first deposit. Now, Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.